What's up, everybody? This is Philly versus the world. We are back. You guys ever watch, like, you know, WWE, WCW, NWO, you know, like, no. like I, I, I just feel it because, you know, we're, that's your realm for sure. I can't believe people are into WWE. It's, it's, it's act- old WWE. It's right. acting. It's acting. But, uh, it's it's but you know what's not acting? What? We're not acting. Or at least I'm not acting. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. We're back. <laughs> we got hot sports news. Have to come back and drop a pod. So guys, how have you guys been doing holding up in in the quarantine? If if you're even quarantining yourselves anymore, I don't know. I mean, people are so <laughs> up in the air about it. So how about how are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Oh man. How about you, Drew? Uh, you go first. I want to hear how what's going on in Huron, Ohio. Huron, Ohio. We moved from St. <laughs> Dusky and being the butt of the jokes on the last pod or whatever to Huron, Ohio. Yeah, uh, things are very slow here in comparison to more populated cities, uh, areas like the East Coast. It's much more spaced out around here, much more kind of like a respite. Face masks aren't required in, in stores. Gyms are open, stuff like that. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. Like just life there, basically. Yeah, it's basically normal, as, as normal as 2020 can be. But, you know, just chugging along, enjoying the summer. I, I feel like we look like, like, I know it's a podcast, not a visual, but us three really look like some, some dirty bachelors right now. There's some... <laughs> Lack of haircuts. I'll pass it over to John because John looks like. But Drew, you don't have an excuse. Like your your haircut has to be open. Like you're like back to. Normal. I know. I have a haircut. I was gonna say like like. But you two look like you got some hairspray in there. Something. John looks like he's a loan shark. I mean, how you been doing? <laughs> dude? I mean, Chris looks like he's wearing a toupee. Not gonna lie. So I, I do. <laughs> uh, me. Today. What's that? Has Chris showered today? No, last probably night. Probably not. Yeah. Oh, last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Last night. I, uh, I, no, nah, I haven't yet. I just got back from outside. It's extremely hot here, but, uh, things are okay here in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I mean, I'm working. I'm not in quarantine anymore because I have to work and be among the people. But when I do get back from work, I have to get undressed in the garage, leave my clothes there, disinfect them. Yeah. And uh, I have to wear a mask for 13 hours a day when I'm working. Oh, yeah. And speaking of my job, I'm not a sales consultant anymore. I quit that bitch ass place. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just, I mean, I told my bosses, like, a real reason why I quit. Like, it was a legitimate reason. And, like, it was like a, a true reason. I wasn't telling, like, a lie. Like, I needed to leave because uh, COVID really affected us. And, uh, we lost a family member and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. there's a whole B- BS and the whole thing was we were scared and like, we didn't know how severe it was going to be. So we'd like close for five weeks, right at the pizzeria. Mm-hmm. And then I had to come back and like some guys that we had working for us, they quit. And so like my brother, my dad, they needed me real badly. So I quit my job. I told my boss that. And so I just quit on the spot. I didn't even need to put my two weeks in. I was like, yo, I got to go. And I left. <laughs> But it was funny because I was only the one day back. It was my second day back from the from the furlough. Like a furlough is when like you get let go because this whole BS, right? Mm-hmm. So I come back and they came. They came to us employees and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is a new pay plan." 
And I'm like, what the hell is this pay plan? Play plan sucks. So I was like, all right, I'm leaving anyway because of this pay plan. It was a terrible pay plan. It was only good for the company. I was getting paid like half of what I was making. Like, all right, I'm out of here anyway. But whatever. It's bullshit place. Terrible management. Don't don't be a car salesman, guys. It's ball. Back and forth between the players association, back and forth the owners. They can't get a deal done. They have games in plan. It's 70. It's 60. It's literally just a crapshoot right now. And I I don't know. I just want to get your take on it. What do you you guys think there'll be a baseball season? I mean, now we're seeing, you know, players in the Phillies camp and other camps testing positive for COVID. I mean, is that going to delay the season more? Like, what's it going to take to get a baseball season in play? And and, and what side are you on? Are you on the owner's side? Are you on the player side? And, and, I don't know. Will, will we have a, a baseball season in 2020 of some sort? Okay. So can someone break this down for me and for maybe anybody else who doesn't fully scope this just to start off with is, so the situation is the owners have a, like a, an, a lock over the players. The, they, they can force the players to play a minimum of, I think it's 48 games, right? According mm. to the contract stipulations with prorated deals. Right. And the, the beef is the union wants more games. Can no, the players break? want more games. Yeah. The yes, players yes. union. Yeah. Yes. They want more games and the play and the owners don't want to pay for five more games. Right. So I think that this game was like the, the recent proposal was 60 from, from the, the, uh, the owners, the players want 70, you know, or, or the, I think the owners want 65 or something like it, it's like a five to 10 difference of what the players want to the, what the owners yeah. want this deal. Universal DH in there, which is which is freaking awesome. I mean, I mean, NL fans like you know John that benefits the Mets and the Phillies and you know all that, but like yeah, like it, it, it the players want the want more games. The owners don't want to give us more baseball, but like I don't know. It, it's you know you got players out there saying you know it's not about the money. You know Blake Snell saying it wasn't about the money, but then basically was saying if you pay me my contract, I'll go out there and play. I, I mean, there's a fine line between what safety and and just wanting to get. I don't know. It's a sloppy situation, but I think you explained it really well. Like that's, that's, that's kind of what it is. You know, the, the, the owners want less because, you know, see, that's the thing for me. So what we're saying is that the owners aren't making more money if they sign on for those five extra games. Like, so so they just, at this point, it's just get it as low as we possibly can play the pay the prorated salaries lower and lower. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not like we're going to make more money off more games, right. but in the other core, and we'll talk about the NBA later, mm-hmm. the NBA's gunning. They're putting more teams in this, right? 22 instead of 20. Yeah. You got a team like the wizards way out and we'll, we'll go over that later putting in because they just want more money. So for right. me, there's like a disconnect here. Regardless, I think what's really important is there is a lot of stipulations on what the players are going to do. I think if they really get put in a position, they don't want to be in. Right. It's yeah. if you force, you know, a, a wild animal into a corner, it's kind of going to claw back. And I feel like if the owners really try to, to put, you know, a chokehold on the players and what they can and can't do, there's going to be a lot of guys not reporting a lot of fake injuries, a, a lot of just menial issues that are going to affect the game. And I know how much true baseball fans care about this and how much it matters to the sport that they get some, some games out right now. Right. It's, there's no sports out. You know, we just had a really good UFC part uh, last night, but you know, people are looking for something to watch and if baseball can't capitalize, it's just going to be further in the dumps, I think in, in regards to professional sports. So you think there's going to be an MLB season, Drew? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that there's got to be a way to figure that out. Even even with like the kind of everything with you know COVID nineteen players testing positive at camps. I mean, I, that that could I mean, be. Do they even have what, what? Where would they play? Would they do a well, bubble type season? Well, they wanted to play in Florida and Arizona, but their numbers are spiking up. And uh, the Mets and Yankees announced that if they have a season, they're going to do spring training in New York now because the numbers in New York are actually lower and better right now than they are in like Florida and Arizona. So really? they're. Yeah, they made that official yesterday. So the Mets and the Yankees will do spring training in City Field and Yankee Stadium. So like that really changes things. So like, who knows? The bubble could be New York now. The way mm. things are going, you know what I mean? I don't know. Crazy. Yeah, honestly, I think if I'm the MLB, I just skip the season. Uh, it, for the, for me, it's too late. They had a chance to capture the audience and really get their ratings and maybe get some new fans and grab their old fans that had left the game. But because of this whole BS that's going on, the pandemic, uh, the players seeming ungrateful, the owners are acting like a total douchebags. It's just too, for me, it's too far out. And they need to take a year off, in my opinion, just to reinvent the game. For me, someone as a fan who, I, yeah, I like the Phillies, but I'm not going to watch a national baseball game. Like I'm going to watch the Phillies, but I'm not going to go watch Brewers, Versus the Angels. So you like wouldn't watch ESPN. <laughs> like you wouldn't watch an ESPN Sunday night baseball game. Nah, I didn't even know if they were allowed to play on Sunday night because football season is king. You know what I mean? Like I didn't even know. I wouldn't even know if there's a, a baseball game on Sunday night. I'm saying if there's a Red Sox and Yankees game, maybe I'll watch it. Maybe, and that's the best rivalry in baseball. So for me, baseball needs to take a year off, reinvent the game, make it quicker, make it faster get all these old men out of the league. There's way too many unwritten rules, too many traditionalists reinvent the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't think it's going to be a season? I don't think so because I just don't think there's enough time. Like right now they they wasted a lot of time. Yeah. So if they're going to have, I feel like there's only enough time to have 50 games and the players don't want 50 games. Right. Because if they have any more games, it seems like plus the playoffs, it's just going to extend into the right. 2021 season. Yeah. So. And, yeah. I don't go know. ahead. No, I was gonna say, do you think do you think with the coronavirus that makes things even more less likely with you know like the Phillies players testing positive, like yeah. that changes a lot of things. Makes yeah, absolutely even- it changes a lot of things because now the place that they wanted to go play baseball it looks like a crap. Yeah, a crap place now, and that's yeah. where the NBA is going to start. And I don't know. It's just it just goes to show that I go by this thing about Florida. Florida is a shady or is a sunny place for shady people, right? <laughs> and they didn't want to listen to the government when this whole COVID nineteen <laughs> first came out. They're like, Nah, screw you. We got beaches, we got bitches, we got bros and hoes. Oh <laughs> we need the economy to stay the same down here. We ain't going to listen to anybody. We do things our own way. That's why we're the best, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, look at you guys. You guys are the best. Had your stupid spring break. Great. Now you can't <laughs> have your sports. So good job, Florida. Way to ruin everything once again. <laughs> shady old people in Florida. You call yes. the old people in Florida shady. Well, yeah. Exactly. Do you, you you mentioned about like the NBA and why they're so eager to go. I, the difference is sadly is they already had their season started. You know what I mean? So like they already had money okay. in place and everything. They already got most of their salaries. But baseball, the season didn't start yet. So a lot of these guys they want their pro rate 
salary, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a sloppy situation. Like it, you know, the players want to play. Like, I don't know if you guys seen like tweets, like Bryce Harper, Anthony Rizzo, Max Scherzer, Gary Sanchez, Garrett Cole, Pete Alonzo. Like they're all tweeting, like we're ready to play whenever. Just like, let us know. Like, mm. so I, the reason why the owners don't want to pay is because there's no fans in the stadium. So they lose money. there paying, you know, ticket sales and convenience. They're playing for players every game. Playoffs go deeper. They're losing more money, or they're paying more as teams go deeper. They, the owners just don't want to freaking pay money, and like, I, I, I don't know. They're I, like, it, it's like they're they got to find a common ground because like the owners are going to eventually, not even eventually, they've made money off these players for years, right? Like they've 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 gotten the better end of the deal most of the time. You know what I mean? And here are the players who are getting paid more money than you know most people do for a day's work. And I'm not saying if I was a player, obviously I'd want my money too, but like. Find a middle ground. You know what I mean? You take money, less money this year. Guess what? When baseball comes back and this COVID thing passes away, maybe there's no freaking salary cap. You know what I mean? Like salary caps will go up by in two or three years. Like there's there be- no salary cap already. In exactly. Baseball? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Think about it. Right. we got professionals. we got a professional sports league. Right. After this COVID thing passes, think about how many people are going to start buying and going to games. Right. Like ticket prices are going to go up. People don't care. Oh, I can't wait to get out the house. You know what I mean? Like you think so? I mean. I'm not saying this year, but I'm saying, you know, a year from now, year oh, and maybe. a half from yeah. now. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So there's got to be a middle ground. The owners have made money off the players for years. And guess what? The players, they'll make, they'll get their money back in years to come. You know what I mean? And maybe not all of them. And I know that kind of sucks, but like. There's yeah. a lot of guys you're forgetting about, though. There's a lot of guys that aren't making, like, you know, Bryce Harper money. There's a lot of guys that are making, you know, whatever, sure. you know, a few hundred K. They, yeah. they got to provide their family, stuff no, like I that. Totally agree. This is a desperation situation. That's the, the, I keep going back to the NBA. That was the objection when Kyrie Irving said, let's just not play the season. There are not go- there are a lot of guys. Most of the guys aren't making Kyrie Irving money or like star money. They're making, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, low wage. They need to be out there. They need to have a job. No, so you're right. I understand why this is such a contentious issue. Hey, you're, you're, you're making a great point. Like, I mean, how many minor leaguers have lost their jobs like in baseball? We've seen it like they, they just deployed the minor league farm systems throughout baseball. So like, that's why I just think it's going to be middle ground, right? Like, Players want 70. I mean, I want 70 as a baseball fan. I don't know about you guys, but like, yeah, I want 70. But like, look, the owners aren't going to. Yeah, I know John. John like, wants less John's like with the owners because he less baseball here for him, the more engaged he's in. But like, you know, find middle ground. Give me give me 60. Give me 65. You know what I mean? Like, like, let, let, let's let's get it done and play some baseball. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was going to be done. But now with all this COVID stuff, like I, I'm really 50 50. Like, I, I don't know. Put it. Put a gun to my head. I don't think I'd be able to make a decision if I, 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 I would say maybe yes, just to be hopeful because like, no, I don't think either side is going to leave millions of dollars on the table when it comes down to it. Is it millions though? I, I mean, know. for some, I guess for, to be fair, millions for the owners and millions yeah. for some, some players and some and, players. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I don't know, but it's, it's a tough scene. Like I, and baseball it, sucks as it is, right? They already yeah. have trouble grabbing fans. And they had the easy opportunity to grab them, like I mentioned earlier, no, and they didn't point. pounce on it. So it just goes to show how stupid, how so narrow minded and how so old fashioned these owners in baseball are. Like, it's almost as if the owners in baseball never changed it, rather than in other sports like the NFL and NBA, where like every five years there's a new owner. In baseball, the Marlins have been sold more times than every than the rest of the league combined. <laughs> right? I mean, name, name the last time where there was a team that was sold besides the Marlins. I can't name The one. Mets are going to be sold. 
Nah, they're, they're no, no, they are. They are. They are. J Rod or A Rod no, and J Lopez. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's mo- There's like people you don't. Know, we don't know about yet. But like, no, they're gonna sell, dude, because they're okay, like before that, though. I'm saying before the who was the last team besides the Marlins to get sold? Like I'm telling you, it's a big cult group that runs the MLB. That's why the game sucks right now. Yeah. They need to modernize. They need some new, fresh owners. It starts from the top. Like these owners upstairs that are just chilling with their cigars and with their canes right next to their hand, like they think it's going to stay the way that has been for years. And I hate Mm -hmm. how they're not adapting and it's finally caught up to them. They're just being stubborn, old idiots. They need to be in nursing homes instead of in the box upstairs. They need to modernize. (laughs) Brandon Brooks is out for the season. The all Pro guard for the Philadelphia Eagles, probably the best guard in the league over Zach Martin. Let's just get that out there. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> but anyway, he's out for the season after tearing his Achilles on Monday. He had surgery on Thursday in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and now he's back in Philly on, on Friday night. But he's out for the year. He won't be back until 2021. So, fellas, how big an effect will this have on the Eagles' season? I don't know. I mean, it's going to really, it's going to affect a lot. Not only, you know, Carson Wentz, we, he injury concerns, right? There's a guy who's really, you know, been one of the guys who's kept him afloat throughout the years. I mean, it, it's hard to replace offensive linemen. Like, right. Like as a Jeff fan, I know how, how tough it is to have an offensive line. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> offensive line has been terrible. Like if you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess the good thing is you still have, you still have Jason Kelsey, right? I mean, they, they yeah. don't have Jason Peters, but they have your boy Andre Dillard John. So maybe he'll step oh up God. and make a big impact for them. But I mean, this is going to be big, and not only for Carson Wentz, but for the young Miles Sanders, right? Like, I mean, everyone thinks Miles Sanders is going to have a big year, especially in fantasy. Like, he's going as like top seven fantasy running back. I mean, I, hey, I could see it because it's upside of catching. So, I mean, that's going to be a big loss to the running game. I mean, it, it, it's tough. He's definitely done for the whole season. Like, like no shot he comes back at all. Yeah, no shot. He's done. No shot. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's just, you know, the Eagles have had a lot of injuries over the years, and that's right off the bat. That's one tough injury right there for them on on, on a big spot. I mean, I I don't know. Do I think it's going to impact their season to make them a playoff or playoff or not a playoff team? I don't know. But maybe not. I I mean, maybe not having Brandon Brooks, you know, cost you one, two games possibly, you know? And I mean, one, maybe. I don't know. It's tough. But I mean, it's. He's an impact player, right? Like, like I think Absolutely. he is the best guard, best guard in the league. And you can't, you know, offensive lineman, right? Like the best team succeed because the offensive lineman. That is one reason the Eagles have been successful this year. They've always had two or three pieces on that offensive line, right? Why Dallas has been successful, right? Why haven't the Jets been successful? Because they didn't have a steady offensive lineman, right? But at times when they were good, they did have a good offensive line, right? Like yeah. successful teams start with the up front on the offensive line. So I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. tough, right there. You don't have Jason Peters. I don't know. Maybe you go out there and now you get Jason Peters if you're not really feeling sure about Andre Dillard. Maybe, I mean, hey, Larry, Larry Warford's out there, right? Walford, right? From yeah, yeah. Know, the Jets looking at him. He's a right yeah. guard, you know, Pro Bowl right guard. I mean, on a one year show me deal, maybe they get him just to fill the need right there. I mean, yes, he wants a long term deal. Yeah, That's his problem. I don't know. I know. It, it's tough, but hey, I mean, you got to, you know, the Eagles have done a next man up kind of mentality. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. But I'll talk That's to the true. Drew. Because uh, now he's got now his team's got the best guard in the league, right, Drew? <laughs> uh, Brandon Brooks, uh, pro football focus darling, uh, definitely one of the best offensive linemen in the National Football League, possibly the best guard. That is up for debate, but I, I don't know. Brooks Brooks is is probably the most impactful offensive lineman I think in football, if I had to name one. And 
it, it's going to change the entire scope of how the Eagles play, how they work this offseason. I know how he's – I mean, this is probably all they're thinking about right now. The real issue is that this is going to affect them on every level from how much time the receivers have to make their cuts to Sanders. We're talking about Sanders. I think Brooks is actually rated higher as a run blocker than a pass blocker. So, I mean, this is going to affect them tremendously. And the timing for me is what really gets it. You know, any other offseason, right, in OTAs, in voluntary workouts, you can get his replacement groomed and accustomed to the offense. But right now, I think the uh, NFL PA recommended uh, players don't report to these voluntary workouts, that that people don't group for these workouts. And so whoever his replacement may be, unless it's Jason Peters, who already has an acclimation to the offense, if they sign him back for a year deal to fill in, it's going to affect them a lot. I think this is going to take the Eagles. Chris said, I don't know. I think this takes the Eagles from playoffs to not playoffs. I think the Eagles are going to be just good enough to kind of land like a middle of the pack pick. I, I said this to you guys in the group chat, like the 12th pick. I think they go seven to nine this year. This is considerable because you got to think from every single level, the the idea of how Brooks moves your offense down the field, how much more, and, and you know, you see it in the Seahawks game, right? John, he doesn't play in the Seahawks game. Matt Pryor's in, I think, I think his stats were, he gave up a sack three hurries, four knockdowns. And, you know, that that ain't great for a playoff game, you know. I, I don't expect Matt Breyer. The only person I think Jason Peters has to be the Eagles' savior for it really to work out. If he's in there, I think they do have a, a puncher's chance to still win the division or be a wild card team. But if they're putting Matt Pryor or some undrafted guy, it, it's not looking good for Philadelphia. Yeah, if I had to say if it would affect or if it takes any games off their uh, win total, I would say, yeah, one one game is fair enough. But Brandon Brooks, for how good he is, he, he became what he is today because of Jeff Statlin, the offensive line coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. That guy is probably one of the most underrated coaches throughout the entire National Football League. He doesn't get enough credit at least nationally for what he has done. And the fact that this whole COVID-19 thing, I think that's a a whole key factor here as well. When, if it was a brand new player, like uh, say they do sign Larry Warford or they get Kyle Long out of retirement or Joe Tooney from new England, then yeah, it might, I'd be concerned, but because they're the people that they want to replace Brandon Brooks with like Matt Pryor or, um, Nate Erbig, the undrafted center from uh, Stanford from last year, like guys that are have been in the building with his coaching staff already, that's a plus for me. Whereas if they bring someone new, they can't really meet with them. They can't really practice with them. They can't line up with the guys next to them. That would be a concern. But Matt Pryor, he has some starting experience. He played like 64 snaps in a regular season game and then 49 snaps in a playoff game. So maybe a season with Jeff Stoutland, Understanding the offense as players obviously get it or are in the league much longer as the years go on, they get better and better with experience. So I have faith in Matt Pryor that he could be a solid starter, obviously not replicate Brandon Brooks production. But I think the Carson Wentz and the fe- the ability of Miles Sanders to block in the passing game, that helps. Dallas Goddard is a good blocking tight end. I think the Eagles are a smarter organization and they'll figure something out where it's not going to be such a big effect. I think a lot of people 
overreact to what a player like Brandon Brooks, who's a big name now, gets injured and is not playing. A lot of people like to overreact and say, oh, it's going to be three games that they don't make. And now, like Drew said, oh, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I disagree with that because now there's going to be seven teams allowed in the playoffs. Maybe. Oh, and we aren't thinking. I am not yeah. calculating as much. I don't know, though. I, okay, John, your first your first reaction, I think, on your Eagles fans Twitter mm-hmm. was to, to bring back Peters. Are you shying away from that now? Do you not want to bring? What's the price you would take him back at? Six, five million. Not ten. Not ten. Not ten. Do you but, think he garner ten someplace else? No. <laughs> no. He won't. I don't think so. Because he wants to be an Eagle. Like he could get twelve million from a different team. He's not going to sign with them. Like the That's Browns apparently offered him a a nice deal, and he said no to them. He, he like he wants to stay in Philadelphia. That's where, like he he made his Hall of Fame career for some reason. Yeah. And I kind of admire this about the players. A lot of them like to stay in one place throughout their entire career. They they think of that as a huge milestone compared to players who bounce around and stuff. But. Mm-hmm. Sure, bringing Jason Peters back, yeah, as a backup plan, but I, I'm going to have to agree with Mark Giovanni, who came at me on Twitter when this whole thing happened. He's like, I have faith in Matt Pryor. I was just overreacting like everyone else. Oh, crap. Big you name, said 5-11. Brandon Brooks. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I was saying that in the group chat just so I didn't have to get in a debate because, in, in all honesty, I was not in the mood <laughs> to get in a debate. So I was like, yeah, 5-11. Like, I was just agreeing with you. Whatever. <laughs> but, like, but I, I think – the Eagles are going to be fine. Obviously not as good with Brandon Brooks, but I think with Jeff Stallion as the offensive line coach, Matt Pryor, his familiarity, Jason Peters, the potential of him coming back, learning a brand new position. I think the Eagles will be just fine. All right. So my boy, Jamal Adams requested a trade from the New York Jets earlier this week, causing a lot of drama on Twitter. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like Jamal Adams is maybe auditioning for, you know, one of the reality TV shows that my mom watches because the drama he's been bringing Twitter. I, I mean, talking to some, you know, Jeff fans in the industry, you know, people just kind of just getting tired of him, but we'll get into that. Will Jamal Adams be traded from the Jets? And if so, what team do you think to trade for Jamal Adams? And what would be some of the Jets you think can get in return for that trade? So, uh, John, we'll start with you. Maybe your maybe your boys will get you know, the Eagles. Maybe they'll get you know Jamal Adams. Uh, oh boy. So will he get traded? No, because the price tag for him is way too much. The Jets want a first round pick. <laughs> no, not gonna happen. And then they want to. Then they're gonna have to sign him to a brand new deal. No, teams are not gonna spend a first round pick on a safety and then give him twenty million a year. That's just. I mean, unless you're the Jets, the Jets are the only team that would trade a first round pick for a safety and then give them twenty million a year. But I would have to side with Joe Douglas here and Chris here. Like Jamal, just shut up. And I hate to say that because I'm always about the players getting their money. But man, right now is just not the time to bitch about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, Christian McCaffrey got his money, but that's a whole different organization. That's a whole different position. It's like, it's not the money you're going to get. Yeah, you might be a better player than Christian McCaffrey, but the Panthers, that's a brand new organization. You have a guy like Matt Rule who's getting there. He wants to have a, like, culture is such a big thing for him. So he wants guys to be happy. Joe Douglas, he's like, listen, I've been here already. I'm trying to establish this team. I'm trying to see what we can have. Jamal, you're not making things easier with this whole COVID crap going on. 
a lot of unclear things are happening right now. And but Jamal Adams, we don't know everything that he knows, obviously. So maybe if we put him in his shoes, we would understand his frustration. But I also think this has to do with the lack of success the Jets have had. So if he were on the Ravens, let's say, and they had to give him a deal, I don't think he'd be bitching and moaning as much. I think it's a combination of things. The lack of success, the fact that he hasn't gotten his money yet, and he, the direction of where the team is headed, he is probably like, listen, give me the money so that I can just deal with this crappy team. No offense, Chris. That's not me throwing a shot. That's just me thinking of what his rationale might be right now. So what's that? No, none taken. None taken. Okay. Good. But because he did say, if I do get traded to one of the teams that I requested for, I will not demand for a new contract right away. That's Mm -hmm. what's crazy to me. That's what tells me he's just tired of the lack of success that the Jets had. So to me, will he get traded? No. What would I trade for him? Maybe a third. And that's it. I don't think. Maybe a third. Give me me like a team you think that could trade for him. Like what would a scenario be for that? I got one. Uh, I don't know. If the Cowboys want to trade for him, let them. But they just don't have enough money for him. No, but we I, don't. We don't have enough money for that. That's what I'm saying. I'm reading. I'm reading article after article. I read Bleacher Reports top seven um, teams to, to to trade for Jamal Adams. Number one and number two, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Yeah, I'm like, you guys have any idea how money works? How like signing players works? Like where the mon- the cap goes? The, the, he, I don't want him on the Cowboys. Not because he's not a talent. Not because I don't think he's worth the money or the investment. I just think we don't have the money and we have it at this point. I mean, he's since coming in the league, he's first in sacks, second in forced fumbles, third in snaps played, fifth in total tackles by by DBs. I mean, we're looking at whenever John says, I don't know, I'd give up a third. I kind of go. Really? Because like Ramsey commanded what a first, two seconds, and a fourth, and he needed a new deal from the Rams. I mean, I understand a corner versus a safety in those situations, but in the same breath, Jamal Adams is one of the most talented players. I think he overrates himself. He does get a little nuts. Like remember when he compared himself to Aaron Donald and Tom Brady? As in, you know, I'm. I'm, I'm Untouchable Will Adams lies, right? But he's still one of the top talents, a really young. I don't think he'll get traded either. I think he has a lot less leverage than past situations we've seen, like with Ezekiel Elliott, where you know you can clearly see Zeke deserved that contract and the Cowboys were gonna bend. Jamal will probably get his money at some point, but he's not gonna get traded. My team, though, like reading through the, the candidates, the if I'm the 49ers. I'll throw you DeForest Buckner in two seconds. DeForest Buckner is in Indianapolis, though. I thought that he's with San Francisco. No, he got traded to for the draft. For a first-round draft pick. pick. That's what I'm saying, right? That's a D-tackle, though. That's a premium position. I don't know. Unfortunately, Jamal Adams does not play a premium position. It's true. Think about this. The highest – you know who the highest-paid safety is in the league? Um, the, the Bears guy. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie Jackson. Yeah, Eddie Jackson. 14.6 million per year. Yeah, but Jamal Adams is a lot of Jackson, right? Like, I like, like I, I think when it comes, I mean, Drew, I'll let you finish that. Like, what, what for a trade though, before I, I don't, 
before I get Oh, no. I mean, uh, I think the Niners are the prime candidate. That's on me for not remembering the Buckner trade. But the Niners out of anybody are, are the team that could need it and has the assets to do it. But I don't – a prime, like – target area i don't think i really don't think he's he wants like we're gonna get into the money chris i think he's rumored that he wants like 20 million a year no way he wants more he wants to be the highest paid player on the jets team right so they signed tj mosley for that five-year 85 million dollar deal he wants to be paid more than that and his first extension his first contract passed his rookie deal right like that was tj mosley's i think second maybe contract or third contract after oh, it's his I, first contract. That was first Moses, contract. First, okay, yeah. 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 So Jamal Adams wants to make eighty he wants to make about eighty over eighty six million dollars over five to six years. Yeah, no, no thanks. I mean I wouldn't even paid I wouldn't even have paid uh CJ Mosley yeah. that money. But uh I disagree see, though. That's a different I mean, he's nice, he's nice, he's a nice yeah, player, he's a but, different picture. But all right, so she's but paying yeah. Jamal Adams over Eddie Jackson, who actually tur- gets the, gets turnovers and does yeah. not pick up or Look. pick off backup quarterbacks for the Patriots and claim that he's a great interceptor uh, of the ball. See, in, nah. in my opinion, though, like Jamal Adams is in his own tier with probably only one safety right now in football, maybe two. I, I think it's like I would Jamal say Adams. Matthew is my favorite. OK, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, maybe three or four. Right. Like Jamal Adams, Micah Fitzpatrick, uh, yeah, Tyron Matthews. Thomas. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I could go with my, my and my fourth would be Derwin James. Like those are my tier Derwin of like James top safeties. Nice. Right? Like Eddie Eddie Jackson is second tier safety, right? Like I I think Jamal Adams is a lot better than Jamal than Eddie Jackson. So like I, I you can't really compare it to his contract. But like if I'm not mistaken, I heard someone say this, and I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but with the new CBA, you know, agreement is you don't like if a player holds out, like they don't gain service time, right? Like. So if Jamal Adams decides I want to hold out or Dalvin Cook, who's rumored to hold out, like they still have two years left on their contract. Like they don't lose the year like Le'Veon Bell did. Right. So like the Jets have the ultimate leverage in this situation. And for once they're being smart because there's been times where they've given in and passed for James and given guys like Darrell Rivas, Muhammad Rokerson money. And guess what? They haven't performed. They ended up trading them. They ended up getting cut, something like that. Like Joe Douglas, John, John, you know this. He's going to stand. He's going to stand his ground and say, this is my thing. And this is what really just pisses me off about this. Right. Like, look, I get it. Jamal Adams, like he deserves his money. I get it. You want your money. But like, Drew, you're kind of right. Like, I love I really like Jamal Adams. But this whole thing right now is really trading my opinion about him as I feel about a leader and a guy I want to be on an organization. Right. Like, John, you made the great point. Like, oh, I won't need an extension if I get traded to a team. So do you not want to be part of this team? Right. Like, like you're coming. Oh, I want to be Jeff for life. Right. Like, do you not want to be like. Fine, get rid of him. I'm sick of the culture of these guys. You know, certain players come here and they want to get paid and they're these stars and they're, you know, the fans love them because they're so great and these generational talents and this energy and this passion and we get behind it as fans. But then it's like, they're not really, are they really here for that or their money? You know what I mean? Like there's certain guys that I could tell they're here because they want to be here, right? Like they want to be a jet, like it, it, you know, certain things like that. Like they've been, they've had players like that. There's certain players like that now. Like I think CJ Mosley was really interested in being coming a New York jet, right? He took, I, I, he took the money to go there to be a Jet. Like, I, I don't think Jamal Adams feels that, like, despite saying that all his time. And this is, the, this is the worst thing, right? The Jets are not saying, we'll talk about this, right? They have come out and said multiple times, we will extend you. We want to extend you for life. Like, like they're, they're basically saying, you know, this, it's COVID. It's a pandemic. Like, that's well, why they're doing it. Like, 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 listen, has anything about it really? There has not been that many signings of free agency besides the one burst where everything happened and the draft. Like, really, since things have calmed down because the uncertainty of a season, the amount of games, the money, respective, like, 
free agents there are still a decent amount of free agents on the board. Like teams are afraid to send some, spend some money, right? Like, and I think the ultimate thing is too, is dude, Patrick Mahomes in the same freaking draft class as him. And he hasn't got his big contract yet. Right. And I know Jamal Adams was drafted ahead of Patrick Mahomes, but like, we're talking about value of position, right? A franchise quarterback compared to what a franchise safety, like it's, it's apples to oranges. Like, like, like he's like Jamal Adams has no leverage in the situation for once the jets are being smart with their money and they're not, and they're going to stay on the ground. Like, we, we, look, we don't have to do this right now. Like, and, and you know what, they, they don't want to trade him, but you know, at this point, if look, if he doesn't want to be a jet and he's going to make problems and he's going to cause drama and you know, I'm sick of it. Like you guys said, it's the jets or the jets. Like they're a laughing stock of the league. Like, I would trade him. I would trade him. There's no need for types of guys like this, man. Go out there, get a first round pick, go get an offensive tackle for your franchise quarterback, you know, improve the offensive line, get a weapon for him or something. Just, you know, we're talking about how safety can be a replaceable position. I mean, you might not be able to draft Jamal Adams, but you could probably sign a guy that could play. I mean, uh, Mike Francisca said this, you know, and I I hate Mike Francisca, but he made the great point. The Jets, Jets lose with Jamal Adams. They'll probably lose without him. So what's the point, right? Exactly. Like like just, yeah. If you're not about the culture, just just get out of here. But you know? that's and, the thing, though. Like you, teams want to pay these pay, teams want to pay players that make big differences. Right. And I know Jamal Adams is a great player, and probably he's on the he's on a track to make the Hall of Fame, right? Even at this young sure. career. Yeah. But safeties don't make defenses like they did in the past. It's defense alignment. It's it's cornerbacks. Those are the it's top two. Lead. Yeah, it's an offensive league. And safeties, yeah, the way, especially the way he plays. Yeah, he could play almost anywhere, but he's more of an in the box safety, right? Like he's, he stops to run like no other. Like I like him around the ball. Yeah. Sack, six and a half sacks last year. Yeah. Safety <laughs> so that's nice. Like that's yeah. really, really nice. But, but the fact is, worse. he doesn't yeah. affect the game. He doesn't affect their win total as much as a offensive lineman or a quarterback or even a wide receiver. I mean, Same honestly, yeah. Like, think about this. Would you pay Jamal Adams over $15 million a year? I Honestly, I wouldn't. I would trade him. If you can get a first-round pick or even a second-round pick for him, do it. Like, try to get your assets and try to get someone Try to get someone at a premium position. So Safety is not a premium like position, though. Claiming you like him. But, okay, Eddie Jackson makes 14.6 a year. Yeah. And... What's his face? I think Kevin it's Byard from the Titans. Land, I think Landon Collins makes like forty-four million guaranteed or something. So you're telling me you wouldn't pony up? If, yeah. You wouldn't pony up sixteen a year for Jamal Adams. No. The thing is, I I, I agree with I you in regards to. There's nothing worse than a guy at his position that's better at the thing that's not as important for his position. Like when I think secondary, I always, you always think pass. And I understand it's different when you're working safety. Sometimes when you're a safety, you're more like the fourth, fifth linebacker than anything. Like you're talking about in the box safety, but that's honest to God, like jets. I've seen the jets get lit up. I remember the jets getting lit up on Monday night football against the Browns, the Browns. What was it? 34 to three, or was that the Niners game? Yeah, I don't even know, but but I, I agree in regards to Jamal Adams doesn't change this team from a losing team to a winning team. He's just a piece of the puzzle, and he should see things that way and want to make the Jets a winning organization by working together with them. The one thing I will say, I don't buy the pandemic thing, like what you guys are saying. Mm. Contract negotiations are not an in-person 
thing that you have to do. No, I, we could not, un- that's not. No, the, that's not what I'm saying. But, that's like, not there's the, so much uncertainty. Uncertainty with money with and cap, yeah. with cap and money. And if will 16 yep. games be played, what's the fans that to be like? All yep. that is why people are like, and and the judges have come out and said it basically like, hey, look, and until like things are kind of figured out, like we want to wait on it. Like he'd probably get his money like by by preseason week three. Like that's the <laughs> thing. Like. Like, it's not like the Jets are like, they, they're willing to pay him, but he just won't, like, shut his mouth. Yeah, I think he's just being very impatient right now. Yeah. And that's kind of unfair. So that's why I think the Jets are just going to say, you know what, dude? Listen, just just shut up. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to, like, yeah, we'll ignore you for a little while longer because there's not going to be any trades that happen right now. Right, like, right. teams are not concerned with, oh, let me get a Jamal Adams right now. Like, even if you get Jamal Adams, it's not like he could come into your building. Sure. True. So uh, he's not going to get traded anytime soon, in my opinion. Uh, and I wouldn't. Uh, I would just. I if I were the Jets, I would trade him. Get what you can. Well, because not, it's not a, like you're I good with him anyway. Just a second rounder. I would have to have at least a one first in order yeah, to. Or like a, play, or a player, player worth play. worth a first round pick. Exactly, Chris. If, uh, so say the 49ers are say uh, are say okay, yeah, I want. I want uh, Jamal Adams. And they're like, ah, I'll give you a second round pick. No, I'm not going to take that. I want a high second round pick, not a low second yeah. pick. So like, it depends who's offering me the deal. Like if the dolphins are saying, Hey, I'll give you a second round pick for him. All right. Fork it over. Done. Uh, they might be even a middle of the pack team next year. I will. I would want someone but, much more in the dust. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you never know. I'm just saying, like, yeah. like a team uh, like yeah. the Dolphins, like their mantra of, all right, let's just, like, we're gonna be bad for a couple years or whatever the hell. Like, uh, let's say the the Jaguars, they say, look, I'll give you a second round pick. Oh, sweet, done deal. Boom. All right, that's a done deal for me. If, but Would you like, do? Go ahead. Y- Yannick, Yannick for Jamal. Oh hell yeah, straight up yeah. Chris Yannick for Jamal. Uh, Yannick and Gakwe. Yeah, Yannick and Yeah, because that's a premium position. He plays a better position or uh, more important position than Jamal. Like, dude, take your love so. out of Jamal Adams. Chris, just look at him as a player, not as a person. Or like your your no, love. I I don't think I would do one for one. Really, I would do it. Not one for one. I would do it. Not one for one. No. So you need an ex something else. Okay. Yeah, I would need like another pick or another player. Yeah. And a, would you, if you package him with a third rounder, do you do it? I mean, but he wants money too, right? Like, how much does he want? Like, am I going to end up paying more money for him than Jamal Adams? Yeah, like, probably will because he plays a better position, but you get a better position guy. Yeah, out but of- I don't, but how much does he want, right? Like, I don't know if he's worth the value. Like, I think I'd rather pay Jamal Adams like $6 million less, you know what I mean? Wait, or then- no, Jamal Adams wants $20 million, apparently, doesn't he? He wants to make the highest paid player in the Jets, which is uh, mostly makes 86 over five years. Yeah. So what is it? So let's do, let's get our, uh, so he, he wants about, I don't know what, so we're saying Eddie Jackson's the highest paid at what? 15 a year. So mm-hmm. he probably wants, so he wants, so he wants over 17 million a year, probably like 17 and a half a year. Yeah. That's ridiculous for a safety and your team still stinks. <laughs> what does that, what does that solve? Yeah, but the Yannick and the, the Jaguars still suck with Yannick and Darkway on their team. Like, yeah, but guess what? Their quarterback game sucks. Like you, uh, like, you make uh, the argument that Sam Darnold's a good quarterback. Yeah. All right, get him, get him good players around. Like, that's a complimentary piece. I don't know. I don't know. Like, all right, let's look, at, let's look at let's look at the Bears. Right? They paid Eddie Jackson. Did they make the playoffs last year? No. All right, 
Next team, Kevin Byard and the Titans. Yeah, they made the playoffs. Sweet. Did they do anything? Not really. Chiefs, they've got it with Tyron Matthew. That's good. But you also have Patrick Mahomes. Redskins safety. Landon Collins, $14 million. Redskins suck. Ravens safety. All those teams... All those teams we're listing, except nay for nay, the Bears, their their team is based around their offense. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they're not even defensive built teams. Exactly. And now, how about the Jet or how about the Patriots, right? Eleven and a half million. That's for Devin McCourty. That's pretty nice. If Jamal Adams wants that type of deal, fine, done deal. You get it. But seventeen and a half million for a safety that doesn't even get you to the playoffs where the defense for the Jets isn't even ranked that highly. Like, nah, get out of here, dude. You suck. Now nah, I'm done. Fair. Fair. All right. Well, let's move on to our next topic. Let's get into the NBA, which is likely the, the closest live sports, professional sports we have on the horizon. Uh, aim and date for opening games will be July 30th, I believe. Just they just released that uh, 113 page uh, manual guide, you know, how living will be down there for the players. Um, so how the, the playoff format's going to work is we got nine teams from the east, 13 from the west, making up 22. Mm. And the rules are that if you are a team outside of the eight, if you can get to the ninth seed within four games of the team in the eighth seed, it'd be a play in tournament of two games which allows the ninth seed, if they win those following two games, to jump into the eighth seed. So the NBA has been setting this up for a few months. Silver still thinks he can do it, even with the the Florida numbers up, like we said. So with all this being said, lots of moving parts. You know, there's bound to be some way that the virus affects, you know, players. There could be, you know, star players could be out at some point, you know, have to be quarantined and that could affect the landscape. So with this plan, guys, what do you think is going to happen? Where do we see? I think the finals are set for mid-October. What teams do you think are going to be competing around that time? Well, I mean, you made a good point. Like, what happens if a star gets sick or a fever? Maybe not the coronavirus, but by precautionary reasons, because they go above the the temperature you need to be, you know, raise red flags. They don't play like... you know, that changes things, right? Like a deep team, like in a lower seed, like all of a sudden that makes it more, you know, like, oh, like, you know, you have certain teams where if one guy, right? Like, like if Giannis, you know, spikes a fever one game, has to sit out three games, like, I he has don't know, to sit really, 14 days, 14 like, days. That's like terrible for the Bucks, right? Like, like, but then like maybe for a team, like, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think, like, like the Clippers, like, okay, if Kawhi gets it, like they could maybe hold float, maybe, but like, that's maybe not a great example, but like you got to think, think of a team like, like Miami, Chris. Right. Miami, it's very exactly. evenly spread. That I was thinking that too. Team that's like evenly, evenly spread. Like like if the Mavs have Luca test positive, like they're done, right? Like like hold the float and like I I, I don't know. It's tough, but you no, know, I'm just gonna hope for the best, right? Like I'm I'm gonna say I, I'm not gonna take that into consideration when I when I pick my team because I don't know what's gonna happen, right? Like who knows yeah. if any players test positive? Who knows? Like you can't really you know bet like that or make predictions like that. But I mean, I really love the Lakers and I'm probably with the majority in here coming from, coming from the Western conference. Like I think this holdover, this holdover for LeBron, like this is what he needs, like not only to motivate him, but to get himself in better shape to rest him up. Right. And like their team, like, I mean, if LeBron went down, like they could maybe hold float somewhat, right? Like 
Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo, like Dwight Howard, right? Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, right? Like they would be able to maybe hold flow for 14 days, you know, before they took on a team. But like, I, I love the Lakers coming out, coming out of the West, but like the East is like super murky to me. Like, I don't like, I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, people say the Celtics, but like, I, I could see them. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say maybe the Celtics are the heat for me in the, in the Eastern conference. Like, cause we talked about the heat, like, dude, like drew, I, you made a great point. Like if one guy goes down, they're so evenly spread like that. It wouldn't really affect them. Right. Like they would be able to probably still play. Like they've done it before. Like Jimmy Butler hasn't played. Like as long as like Jimmy Butler is not the guy that goes down, like the heat would probably be able to stand the ground. And like, I don't know. I think the Celtics, like same thing for them. If like Kemba didn't play, like they're used to just having like Jason Tatum, take over. But like, even if Kemba plays, like they're, they're really good. Like, I don't know. It's just, I feel like the West is easier to see. Like, I think it might be the Clippers or the, the Lakers, but like, I don't really believe in the bucks that much. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Like, even if you honest, like putting the honest aside, like, even if you like full healthy, like, I don't, I don't really trust them. Don't, don't trust the Sixers. I think they're one of the most overrated teams. Wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. They get like bounced the first round either. Like, I don't know. John, what do you think? I think the Sixers have a really good chance to be good because now they have all these guys coming back like Joel and Ben Simmons, like everyone's a hundred percent healthy. And I think that's what people are forgetting. Now the injuries that were going on in March, most of those players are back fully healthy. They may not be back in total, total hundred percent shape, but so is the rest of the league. So that's even ground right there. So I think the Sixers have a really good shot. If I were to put my money on it, I hate to be, just like a general fan about this. But I'm just going to put the Bucks and the Lakers. Those two teams have the best record when it comes to road wins. Like nobody has home field advantage, right? Or home court advantage. No. The Sixers, they suck away from Philadelphia. They are so bad on the road. They have a great 29 and two record at home, but on the road, they're 10 and 24. Like they mm-hmm. thrive on their fans energy. There's going to be no fans. So, Chris, I've been agreeing with you. If I had to really choose a team, it would be the Bucks and the Lakers. See, I stand a little bit off of this because I think prior to the virus, the suspension of the league because of the virus, the field was very separated. I think you did have like three contenders in the Lakers, Bucks, and the Clippers, like serious, like like the top, top teams and they were separated. But mm-hmm. now we come back and we see the rules of this, of this virus and how things are working out. And I look at teams like, like the Miami heat, like Oklahoma city, like Boston, like Toronto, these teams that are built kind of more as a team rather than around one player. I'm looking at the Denver nuggets. I don't know if you guys have seen pictures or videos of Nikola Jokic, skinny Jokic, brand new brand new and this this is insane this is unprecedented to see the the difference and how some players are utilizing this to their advantage to gain an edge you don't know how it's going to come out and i really do believe that there is going to be one two three maybe a, a dozen players of extreme significance that get taken out and change the landscape imagine round one of the playoffs Paul George is is sick, quarantined for 14 days. They're playing Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. Those guys are very, very able to do something. And that's what I'm talking about. The field is limited now. The field yes. is, is shrunk. The gap between teams is a lot smaller. 
it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what teams can do, what damage. I like the Sixers angle. You know, the Sixers, they get a blessing in, in Simmons wasn't going to be back. And now he's definitely going to be back. But now, you know, there's a curse here where you're not going to be at Wells Fargo. You're not going to be in front of the home crowd. How is that going to affect certain? I, my real, you know, inkling, my real heart says Lakers win the finals. Mm. I think it's the I'm really excited, actually, like extremely excited to see how the players I've been reading about how the players are going to be living, you know, the, the how everything's going to work, you know, the, the stadiums like they're going to make they're going to work really hard on the broadcast, like 20, 20 different camera angles. You know, it, it's going to be really cool. And it's in a time where, you know, the MLB and NHL are dealing with these struggles. And, you know, I think it was Dr. Anthony Fauci said we might go without football possibly this fall. Oh, my God. Basketball, that guy needs to go least, away. As, <laughs> he sucks. I hate it, Fauci. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm good. I, that that's just all I had to say. That I think it's going to be interesting. I, I think teams to really watch out for are what I said, like the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Thunder. The Thunder have the best road road record in the league. Best road record record in the league. Those guys are going to come to play. They're young. They're hungry. They really? There's going to be a lot of upsets. I think. Yeah. See, I wish they would yeah, just so, do this as a one game tournament, like single elimination. Like that's, that would uh, be beautiful. No, that's that, that would completely discount the credibility of this season. As far as legacies, if LeBron won a title in a one game elimination type playoffs, it would be completely discredited. Same thing. If, if Giannis wins his first title, in that setting, completely discredited. No one's going to take that seriously because it's just, it's too flimsy. It's, you know, it's not like football where like you can clearly see basketball is really quite back and forth. Wait, go back to your thunder thing. What'd you say about them? They have the best road record. I believe, I believe they have the best road record in, in the league. I mean, I'm I not, could be wrong. I, mean, it's I never, there. It's up there, but I, I don't think it's the yeah no it's not Who has the best. The best is the Bucks. The, uh, they're twenty five and nine, and then oh I'm sorry, uh, it's the Lakers. They are at twenty six and six. What's the Thunder at? They are twenty eleven. Uh, okay, that's not as good be, as I thought. I, I thought know, I saw. I I think I saw match jerk They're eight and two in the last ten, though. That's the thing. Hmm. See, there's, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that just thrive, you know. So I'm really excited, man. Man, I, I know, I know you guys don't watch as much basketball, but I know the first game coming out, it doesn't matter. It's and Blazers. It's going to be the, you know, Super Bowl type ratings. Finally, professional sports back. We got a long way to go, but you know, a little over a month. Let's see what happens. So Fred Dunphy was hired as the acting Temple athletic director after Dr. Pat Kraft, another fraud. Uh, he moved on and went mm-hmm. to Boston College to be the athletic director over there. Is this a good or bad move by Temple for hiring Fran Dunphy as the acting athletic director? Yes or no? 
Uh, yeah, this is definitely a good move. Um, and it's an interim, so it's not anything risky. And if he works out fine, if he doesn't like it and they don't like it, fine, they'll find a replacement quickly. Mm. No, I agree. It is a good move. I, I wouldn't hire him full time, though. That's fine. Okay. It's a good move. It's a classy move. Like a well-respected man, not only in like, you know, the school, but like in the city of Philadelphia, um, guaranteed to run a clean program. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> run a program into the ground. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, go ahead. Next, next one, uh, guys, true or false. Roger Goodell's public recommendation for teams to sign Kaepernick will result in him getting signed. Uh, I'm going to say he gets signed in the middle of the season. Um, I think maybe a team signs him on for spring training. I mean, uh, training camp and maybe like cut or something like that. If he doesn't perform. Yeah, I, I could definitely see him getting a spot at some point. I think he'll get at least one more job to prove himself before uh, it's all said and done. Yeah, I think the NFL, they will sign like something is going to sign him. The Chargers might sign him just so that the NFL has a good face for the league. Yeah, yeah we think they're going to be under table dealings like they're like, yeah. hey, you know, sign it's him for complete opposite now. Yeah, so <laughs> it was like under under de- like underground or under table dealings. Right. Guys, nobody signed this freaking guy. It's terrible. <laughs> but now it's going to be the complete opposite. And it's going to be like some Sopranos stuff where they're like, all right, let's sign this guy. Let's put a good face for the NFL. <laughs> all right, Chris, you're next, boy. All right. So would you rather a 50 game baseball season with tensions between that are high between players and owners or no season at all? I'm going with I'd rather see 50 games and no baseball at all. Of course you did. Any baseball is better than no baseball, in my opinion. No, no baseball. For me, no baseball. John, you say no baseball, but I would honestly prefer uh, having 50 games of just like, let's see it heated up. Let's see, you know, players talking in the press conferences, skipping stuff. Let's just see the messiest season of baseball. It'll be entertaining. It'll be like the WWE. Yeah, short term. Short term. Baseball. Yeah, sure. Like in the short term, I want baseball. I'm talking about long term. Like I want baseball, like I said before, to take a year off. Try to reinvent the game. All right. Last question. Who wrote this one? Whoever wrote it should just say it because. Um, all right. I wrote this one. Right. Josh Gordon uh, recently, I believe last week, applied for reinstatement into the NFL. Will he ever play in the pros again? I mean, how many second chances does this freaking guy get? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like he's got the most second chances I've ever seen. So. Does he get back in the NFL? Yes, because he play, like he's very good at what he does. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get back in, especially now. What? Like they're not testing for marijuana. You don't get suspended for it your first exactly. time. Exactly. Like yeah. Yeah, this is this is this is they should just call this the Josh Gordon rule because yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That yeah, is very he true. Get it with that rule. All right. So speaking of rules, nobody plays against the rules more than the Sopranos, and Drew recently joined the club of the Sopranos and has finally finished the all-time great series. So Drew, give us your opinion on the series, what you thought about it, what you didn't like about it, what you would like to have seen, you know, and the the particular scene at the very end, we'll definitely get into that, but just for a little bit, what say you, Drew? Oh, so I started the show. I think I watched season one and I said, it's already in like my top 10. Mm, I love wow. I remember I tweeted that out and you said, uh, 
Yeah, you, you, I think you responded, John and Chris, I think did as well. Um, really excellent. Seasons one, two are great. You know, the show does a really good job of just focusing on like Tony and, and I really just feel like I'm immersed in the world of an Italian gangster, um, kind of being around New Jersey and like Philly and stuff like helped too. like, I felt more like close there. For some reason, though, the show kind of goes down in this dip, which is really weird. It mm-hmm. goes like seasons one and two are really, really good. You know, season even season three, it's like, oh, I know what's going on. Like you're you're developing an arc here. Like the FBI is trying to get Tony. Like Ralph is introduced. Like he's this shit Ralph. Ralph's like, the worst. Yeah, like Ralph's his like nemesis. Like so like there's this like conflict there. And then he's got the FBI. And obviously there's all the other working parts. I think like Christopher is like a heroin addict is is a really cool angle that yeah. is developed for a while. But then at some point, like in the fourth season, I just started to get like b- mad at the show. Like I would get mad at the show because some episodes, a lot of storylines don't seem to add to the overall plot. And I guess that's how the show is. It's more on character development. But, you know, there's just little things that they dedicate, like, a lot of time to, like, Meadows' interracial relationship or, like, Polly's like, mother and, like, aunt being mixed up. And, like, mm. stuff that's, you know, yeah, I can go with. It's cool that it's there, but I, I could live without it. Like, I remember being mad when I saw the horse racing episode when mm. Ralph gets the oh, horse. Yeah. I was like, why are they doing this? And then later on, right? You're like, oh, this makes sense. This is why they did that. But I was mad at first because I'm like, why are you spending time on these stupid storylines? But then season six came in, still kind of doing that a little bit. Like, I got to, like, watch scenes about Carmela's house. Like, that just kind of, like, bores me. There's a a lot of dead spots. I agree with you, Drew. A lot of dead spots. But I thought it was really cool. Like Bobby Bacala, I was waiting for him to be like more yeah. violent. Got that in the sixth season. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh, when when Tony kills Christopher and you're uh, like, I, you guys, I cried, I cried. And I was so blown away because Dude, you expect demonic. it, right? Yep. No, like, you didn't. Oh my God, and, cried. Like, and without him even explaining himself, really, like truly, like you understand why in that moment. And it, it's just nuts for me. And then I, I'll just get down to the ending. You know, the show is not as strong for me because I prefer shows like Breaking Bad where everything is rolling in order to to end, right? I like that. Versus The Sopranos, which was kind of like a bunch of stuff is going to happen at the end. Take it as you will. Like, you got your own interpretation. And that, you know, as much as some... Yeah, some people revere, right, the end scene where Tony is all tense in the restaurant and, like, you don't know if he's going to get killed or whacked oh, or, or the FBI is going to get him. You do no, they didn't. No, they don't. Chris, they no. don't ever reveal it, man. They oh, never no. will. No. Look, there's a Barstool article. Oh, hey, is- yeah. oh that's perfect, Chris. <laughs> no, that's no, the no. perfect website. The, the director spilled it and basically, like, said something. I, I understand, but the, yeah, the, listen. The director spilled for a peop, for a way to people to lean on. But dude, I swear to God, in the past he's leaned on the different way. Yeah, you know what I mean, like he I does this all the time. I read a lot of articles trying to figure it out, and he just he was kind of coy about it. Like, oh, he could have gotten killed. He could have gotten gotten yeah. by the FBI. Like, whatever. I don't like that. But I mean, 
the reason we're talking about this a lot is because I finished this and because the main actor, I think his name, you pronounce it James Gandolfini. Oh, yeah, James is that Gandolfini. It? Yeah, he died yeah. seven years ago on June. God, and, and honestly, like taking one thing away from the show, Tony Soprano is probably, and Chris said this, like the best character ever. You know, usually I, my favorite character isn't, you know, the, the main guy, but in yeah. this show, sir, like Tony, a thousand percent, like you really get a look behind him and you understand how distant he is from most people, but you get to learn his innermost emotions and, and how he works. And there are really redeeming character developments there. The character development of Christopher, of Tony, you know, of, of Meadow, you know, oh, so beautiful. That woman. <laughs> I still, th- I still can't see her of anything, but like kind of young, even though at the end of the show, she's like my age. Have you never, like, watched, just, have you never watched Entourage? Gorgeous. Oh my no. God. Uh, that's the next show. Dude, that's my favorite show of all time. Entourage, she's in Entourage. My favorite <laughs> show of all turtle. time. Yeah. Okay. Chris, did you find out what you're talking about? They spilled the ending. Yeah, apparently it was a mis- misunderstanding. I yeah. told you. Yeah. The second he said Barstool, I was like... But my uncle also said that he thinks that that's how it ended. Because he's like, oh, if you reveal, like... We listened to it, and he said when Bob, when Bobby Bacala asked him, like, when they were on the river, like, yes. oh, what is it like to die? He's just like, oh, you know, like, I just think it just goes dark. Like, yeah. Dude, well, like, like, literally, that's, like, the Gosh. biggest cop-out ending ever, right? Like, you have that one of the best shows of all time, and you couldn't even, like, freaking come up with an ending. Like, you're just like, oh, like, this is how I'm going to do it. Take it as it is. Like. Like why? Like why? That's, but that's what if you follow the theme of the show, it makes sense. Like it, it, I agree. Like, like said, like that's when you when you're about to die. You said it, Chris. When true. you're about to die, the screen goes black. So like, I, I even though I don't like the ending, I understand why they did it. And think about this: all the good shows have shitty endings. Seinfeld. I never watched Seinfeld like a, as a real true fanatic, but they have a shitty ending. Apparently, Game of Thrones, the worst ending in all of like industry history like that is an all-time great show crappy ending like a lot of great shows have really bad endings i want to consider the sopranos ending bad but it's not it's just it could have been a, yeah it is disappointing it is disappointing because there is no final conclusion it's frustrating too because tony really never it's supposed to show how tough it is to last but tony doesn't really have a lasting nemesis and lasting antagonist right we go from we go from uncle june to like the fbi to like ralph to carmine to johnny sack to phil and it's not even satisfying when like phil dies because it's like oh we're on our like seventh guy that like they've had to whack because he's wanted to kill them or whatever yeah it's like like tony soprano Nobody can stop that man. Yeah. Okay. And I, I sound really whiny. I sound. And he's a Jeff fan. And he's a Jeff fan. But that's only because, like, I really love the show, and like, there are certain parts that irk me. But, but there are just certain parts, like, I love, like, like the, like when, like the drive when Ad, when Sill is driving Adriana. Yes. And Adriana imagines her driving alone with the suitcase, and then he pulls over in the woods, like, and Christopher, like him, just like. Him that finding is, out, yeah, that was crazy. That is gold, man. That's yes. that's such gold. When when just so many moments in that show are just gold. When Tony when Tony beats the shit out of Ralph for killing that stripper, or when Tony beats the shit out of Coco for for 
talking to metal like that in the restaurant. Yeah, or how like, about the time when he beats the shit out of Ralph for that uh for the horse? Like that's for the horse. I, mean, I love that scene. That's oh one I mean, God. that's just like that's a good fight. Shit. That is literally yeah. one of my favorite scenes because everybody fucking hates I hate Ralph. Everybody what hates the, Ralph. No, like, you know what to be honest? Everybody like, hates that's Tony's least redeeming moment, in my opinion, because Ralph didn't deserve to die for that. If Tony had killed Ralph for killing the stripper, I would have been happy. But he killed him because Ralph maybe lit the, the horse stable no, on fire. No, but that's no, not he the did. whole he point. Did. He, did. He, he, definitely he did. But Tony would have done the same thing. If no, he, wasn't he didn't. That's why horse. he was so upset. He loved because that the, Yes, this connection to these animals was a weird like avenue for the show. Yeah, it was a, a weird motif. Yeah, I, I didn't like that part, but whatever. It shows you that this big, you know, bevoked, you know, male bravado character yes. who uh-huh. has zero emotion, screws over his family, kills his friend, but yes. has such a connection to this, this animal that he loves so much. And I disagree, Drew. I think that was just another reason why Tony decided to kill Ralph. It was because of the stripper. It was because of all the, you know, the, the BS with, you know, um, what's yeah. her name? With um, uh, Ricky's, uh, uh, no, um, uh, Rosalie, a, Rosalie, no, right? Yeah, like, Richard Jr. Or it was Richard an online going that yeah, Ralph Cifarello was a dirty scumbag, and yeah, that all the was. things that he did trickulated, and it was the horse was the topping on the cake, and 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 uh, Tony just snapped, and like it was it. Like he didn't want to kill him because of his because of how good of an earner he was. Yeah, he that was. That was the only reason why he kept him around for so long was because of the fact that he was bringing in the money for Tony. Like, like, yeah. like that was it. Show. Yeah. So, favorite character on the show, Drew, is Tony Soprano for you? Uh, I, yeah, I want to say Tony, but give me, um, give me Syl and Polly as well. What? Yeah, everybody oh. loves Syl and Polly. It's funny. Oh, Christopher I... Moltisanti is my favorite character throughout the entire That's show. Yeah. He, I like him better than Tony. That's just me. I, I'm not saying I don't like Tony, but I think the performance, I forget the actor's name now. He's, it's weird. Like his career just took a crap after he played Christopher Moltisanti. Like he's mm-hmm. always playing in secondary he's, roles. But I think the way he played him was gold. Like it was yeah. Michael Imperoli. That was his name. He okay. did such a good job playing Christopher Moltisanti. And one of my favorite scenes of all time is when they're in the deli trying to get some meat. And the, <laughs> the poor deli guy, he's trying to uh, measure the weight. And like, so like to figure out how much he needs to charge Chris, but Chris puts like a little pick under the scale. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. He starts talking to to, uh, Jackie Jr. And his friend or whatever. He just does it happen casually. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because the guy's like, Oh my God, like I got to get a new scale. And Christopher Moltisani he's like, yo, what the fuck you doing? Where you go? Wrap it up. Let's go. Like he did. Oh my God. He did such a great job with that character. And it's unfortunate the way his character like goes at the end because it's nice because you do see Chris. He ends up marrying that beautiful honey, gets a nice house. Really? You think she's more attractive than Adriana? Well, I think she's more wife material than Adriana. No, I think Adriana was more wife material. The she's other girl didn't even shot. know Christopher. Yeah. Adriana knew Christopher. Yeah, but Adriana's a nice fuck. Like yeah. she's just a nice body to have, like a nice sandbag. After Adriana, Chris never trusted a woman again with like his shit. Like Adriana was the girl that like was right by his side. Like I just never had him get but she was damaged goods. <laughs> Dude, he tried. He almost murdered her. She he was damaged goods. 
He, he was damaged good. She was a freaking heroin addict who killed her dog. Yeah, no, she no, but did you hear what he said? He's like, wait, wait, wait. You're damaged goods? And you're telling me this now? Like that was <laughs> crazy. Like the way he would just I, I think he did such a great job. And he doesn't get enough credit like nationally for his right, right, Christopher right. Moltisanti. Everyone likes to give the the love to Tony Soprano, even Paulie, because yeah, they're more funny characters. But I think Christopher, I have a fucked up sense of humor. You guys know that. Like I send a group, I send a chat or I send a picture in the group chat of a particular co- a former colleague of ours all the time whenever he posts like a stupid picture of himself. And like, I think it's a funny picture, but you guys never answer for some reason. D bags by you guys, leave me on red, whatever. But anyway, <laughs> like, I think it's funny the way he orchestrates that character as Christopher Moltisani. He's a huge asshole, knows what he likes, what he tries to do well, gets addicted to crack. Like, it's just so, oh, so yeah, many uh, rise and falls. And I think they sh- the show should have done a should have been more magnified on Christopher instead you don't of like think those it was dead magnified? Spots. Not enough. Not enough. I loved I loved everything from him from the episodes where he would pursue art, like in the yes. first season with with acting class, and then he hangs out with John Favreau, yes. and then towards the end when he works on Cleaver. I always loved that side of him. How he yes. always the creative side. Yeah. Yes. Or like his mogul side. Oh my god, I love the mogul side of Christopher. Well, wait, Chris, who's your favorite character then? Dude, I I gotta say, I liked Paulie to begin with, but like he just turned into annoying, like he's so annoying. Yeah, and so sucks. he sucks at the end. In the beginning, like, he's sweet. Like 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 I I I like Silvio. I I watch his new show called like not new, but like it's called Lily Hammer, where he like basically becomes like a mobster in like freaking Norway. It's like insane. Like I mean. You gotta watch like subtitles. I talk in like Norwegian sometimes, but uh, like it's it's hilarious. He basically turned just turned into a mob like overseas. But like I don't know, Tony, probably my ca- top character. Like you know, I I think he's like probably the best character like ever in a TV show. Like like wow. I'm sorry, but like both like him or like Rick from Rick and Morty are like my two favorite characters what? all no, the time. Stop. Like in TV what? shows, that's like, a yeah. cartoon. Rick's great. Rick's great. It doesn't matter if it's a cartoon. There's still development to a cartoon, John. He's still one of my favorite main characters in the show. Like, like, I mean, just like, ah, man, like, I, I, like, it's just so sad that James Galifini like died in such like, you know, like a mid young age because like, who would have known, man? Like, at a time where like my mom makes this point all the time, like, in a time right now where people love remaking things and spinning things, like, again, like. Would we have a Sopranos movie? Like, would we have a Sopranos? No, no, I hate those remakes. They suck. You don't know. It's all about this, right? Like, it's all about the money. Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, like, ah, man, it just like they're they're coming out in a new show. It's supposed to drop in September. It's like the the something of Newark, like the Prince or like the Saint of Newark, where it's like James. It's it's about Tony Soprano's life as a child, watching Uncle June and his dad, like you know, become mobsters. Like James Galifini's son is playing. Um, I think it's actually a movie. He's playing James Gallifrey's son's playing Tony Soprano as a younger kid. Okay. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just heard about that. But speaking of his son, I hate AJ. Oh, like, he's dude. the worst. So he, <laughs> listen, the, the actor is just not a good actor. Not like, even that. There, there were so many. Yeah, the character sucked. Like, I think the act. They they must have said, "Oh my god, we don't have enough money for like the actual good actors of the show. Let's just grab this short, fat." Dumb looking kid, and maybe we could pay him pennies off the dollar. Nah, he definitely doesn't. He sucks. He was not a good actor. what it was. I think they just wanted his character to, to suck. Like, that was the whole point, right? Like, like, you have Tony, who's just like, 
mobster, not afraid of anything. And then you just have like his son, just like a little bit like a whiny crybaby, like spoiled. Like good at whining, you're crying. That's what I'm saying. Like I just think he, like the character sucks. Yes, nope, no doubt about it. But he, the guy who played him, let me get his freaking name. Like he was terrible too. Like there's a reason why. There's a reason why he doesn't have a job after this. Like. He he's not a good actor. I could get behind that, I guess. But it was supposed to be Tony had his like his mobster like damaged kid and Christopher, and then his like his normal regular, you know, normal regular. No, dude, AJ. Okay, AJ is all right. He's trying to kill the- himself. <laughs> but when he when he grows the goatee and starts dating like the. The, is she is she mixed or Mexican or whatever? Just oh, yeah, the, the, the girl that's just using the, him. Oh yeah, that was girl, so much yeah. Fun. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, when he starts dating her, that doesn't make sense because he looks like a little kid compared yeah. to her. She looks like a grown woman who yeah. like knows what she wants, and he just I don't know. I I agree. Like at the end, and that's another storyline that's just like you could dedicate a lot more time towards the tensions between New York and New Jersey, but instead I got to see AJ in philosophy class learning about whatever yeah becoming the main yeah it's stupid it's like i don't need i don't care you know i need to learn about what tony and new york is doing right now like what the connection is there the show could have been a lot shorter i forget how many seasons are there six (laughs) all right the show could have been a lot shorter it's like seven but six right because it's six b because there's 13 episodes for each season but then season six has like eight extra or something yeah that's what i'm saying like the show could have been a lot less and like i hate the whole janice thing janice coming in the picture with oh like, janice sucks oh, the, janice oh my god the, the mom was terrible i'm just saying i hate though. the mom i'm sorry she died and she yeah. actually died when yeah, she actually died yeah, yeah like yeah. that's why they like, killed her off but like uh-huh. she was she annoying was, too. i hated it like don't hate the person but just absolutely hated the character there are so many unlikable characters in the show but for some reason we all still love it because for me i know deep down I, 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 there's a connection with me and the show because of like the heritage I grew up in and all that stuff. Yeah. But I think as gentlemen, right. Or degenerates, I should say, <laughs> we all want to be Tony Soprano in a way where like we got the money, we got the sexy wife. Uh, we got a fucking Guma on the side that we get to bang anytime we want. And like, you just get to dominate people. Like the testosterone is just through the fucking roof when you watch <laughs> this show and like you feel like a million fucking dollars when you watch it and like see me just talking about the Sopranos I start to curse a lot more because yeah. it, I'm in that mood where like damn I gotta be this tough guy and all that stuff <laughs> I, that's but what I love about the show the angle for me I always enjoyed was how he does business how they cut corners how they work how they kind of work out in the open but illegally yes. like everybody knows this dude is illegal as like he's doing so many illegal things but they're still making money off of it I don't know. I, I could talk about this all day, but yeah, we, we got to end the show though. An hour fifteen or so, whatever it's going to come on after editing. So yeah, cool. No, well, but, uh, but before we end it though, I want to say that Drew, you did a great job today, despite being in a sweaty ass car here <laughs> around Ohio. Like for the <laughs> listeners, throughout this entire podcast, Drew has been in his car in Huron, Ohio, across a library. You said. It's like 85 degrees. I'm, yeah. I'm sweating. Yeah, like you did a great job. You didn't bitch about it one time. I thought <laughs> at one point you were gonna say something in cave, but dude, great job to you. <laughs> you, wow. you, you were the Tony Soprano of this episode. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs>